You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. All right. All right. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah, we're in a, a different place. So, um... We're not used to, we have slightly creaking chairs, and there's two little gremlins of dogs running around, so you might hear them a little bit with the pitter-patter, or they're coming in and out through their doggy door, and you might hear the bunny jumping around a little bit. Oh, cute. Yeah, so if that's, you know, just ignore it. It's yeah. Fine. Just so it's fine. you know what's just going so on Just so you know the if there's background noises mm-hmm. that we can't edit out, that's what's happening. Yeah. So. We're here. We saw Ant-Man. It oh, was, we did see Ant-Man. It was fine. It was, it was okay. It was I think it was one of the better ones that have come out yes. this um, round. Round, yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny as always. Yeah. Paul Rudd, always always a star. I'm going to say, he's been the same always handsome a, man since Clueless. So, sometimes I think about, like, what we could have had if we'd had, like, an old-timey, old-school, like, stuff with Jan. Oh, Yeah. <sighs> With, like, a young Michelle Pfeiffer, which Ugh. obviously, like, we can't go back Dude, in time yeah. and do, but... Ugh, she's great. Yeah, and just to have, like, a very feminine Avenger would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just making outfits for us all, guys. <laughs> Dumb. Love it, but... Definitely. But here we're at. Here we are. It's okay. Yeah. If we did get that, we would have to deal with... Hank and the like dumb hit that was a bad plotline. Yeah. So, and yeah. also every other bad Hank plotline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, other yeah. than that, I think that's it. Weather's finally nice here. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just living life. Going for it. Mm-hmm. We're not drinking anything new, anything special, just regular Trulies. Yep. Those are those dogs you might be able that, to hear. That's them. I guess we'll start this off. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but first, first, let's talk nerdy. Martha already cracked hers. I, I got didn't it. think I got about it. I got this it. one. Clink. Clink. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, hmm, I need another drink. <laughs> All right, Martha, you're first. What are we talking about today? All right. So today we are talking about uh, the Morlocks in X-Men. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, the Morlocks. Um, most, I, I would say we're focusing on Callisto because she's my favorite, mm-hmm. but also, and then like what that all means with the X-Men, that sort of thing. You're on an X-Men buzz right now. I am. <laughs> I am. And I was like, it's okay. I did this is the one. Week. Yeah. <laughs> so my sources are Wikipedia, Marvel and fandom, uncannyxmen.net. I read a couple oh, comics. Uncanny I know. <sighs> That's the last of the past. Pour one out for Uncanny X-Men. You don't have to pour one out because it's not dead. But like... <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> for sure. The Is best... it actually being updated? Uh, yes. They, no. I think they still do like uh, the Cerebro because they had some people in the new things. But also, it never changed because you know what you can't use anymore comic vine is a nightmare uh, comic true. vine was perfect before and you could search things and yeah it was like who would be more powerful it was mm-hmm. a lot of like polls and shit uncanny x-men is the exact same fucking website it's been the entire time 
It still has all of the like issue checklist and this and that. It's so good. Love still. it. Love it. It's like, oh, love it. Perfect. So the so really cheers to yes, uncanny X-Men. cheers to uncanny X Men. Pour one out for what Comic Vine used to be, and the <laughs> fact that I can't really use it as a source anymore because it became like a shitty Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And I already have a shitty Wikipedia, and they it's want called- me to die. <laughs> True. It's um, kind of a reference checker. Exactly. Like, if it's on there as well as other places, then and at like, least you have, like, another source that mm-hmm. has it. <laughs> well, and usually, like, what I used to do when I was writing papers that I didn't want to write is I would use the sources down the bottom that are the sources for Wikipedia as my particular oh, sources. there you go, using your brain. Mm-hmm. Hint to any college students yeah. that are listening to this podcast. God, it's way easier. They have, like... Like, I only figured out that they had, like, a thing ju- that you could just put in the ISBN number and it would give you a bibliography for it. God damn. I know. In, like, my last or maybe the second to last year of college. Things have gotten so much easier. It's, I mean, good for you, kids. <laughs> good for you. But, yeah, so the Morlocks are a- Wait, your sources. Oh. I oh, you said them. them. That's yeah. why we were talking about Uncanny X-Men mm-hmm. for a hundred years. Yes. I got distracted by just us talking totally about UncannyXmen.net. Okay, go. Yeah. The Morlocks. No, Uncanny X-Men. Well, it's like the costume checklist. Mm-hmm. Perfect. The Morlocks are a group of characters from Marvel Comics usually associated with the X-Men in the Marvel Universe. They're created by writer Chris Claremont and artist Paul Smith in Uncanny X-Men 169 in May 1983. Uh, They were named by Callisto, but, you know, obviously by the... By Chris Claremont. Um, <laughs> after the subterranean race of the same name in H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Did you ever watch that movie with Samantha Mamba? No. Hot Sub Time Machine? <laughs> the Time Or just the, Time Machine. I guess that would yeah. sound to being a movie. Well, and no. Samantha Mamba could only be like actually the year 2000 or something like that. It was very bad, to be honest. The end. So, the Morlocks were depicted as an underground society, both literally and figuratively, of uh, outcast mutants living as, as tunnel dwellers in the sewers, abandoned tunnels, and abandoned subway lines beneath New York City. There ends up being, um, because it's like all, they said like civil war bunkers, or maybe it was a different war bunkers. Gross. It doesn't really matter. Basically, the underground network that they have goes from upstate New York to like New Jersey. Okay. Which is like 75 miles? Something like that. Because it goes up to the fucking X-Men. Because of course it does. Always. Because because the story needed it to. you know. Mm-hmm. Fine. Whatever. Plot device. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so they're all in the abandoned subway lines beneath New York City. Uh, the Morlocks are composed of mutant misfits, especially mutants who, because of physical mutations or other conspicuous manifestations of their mut- mutant genetics, were unable to pass as human in normal society. Subjected to hate, fear, disgust, fr- uh, and disgust from human dis- human society. Saying society too many times, guys. Due to their deformed appearances, that's in quotes, whatever. Due to their, quote, deformed appearances, I've made this weird now. (laughs) Um, Dangerous mutations or otherwise outcast or mutant statuses. They're not like somebody who could just put on a pair of cute sunglasses and go out. They're the people who are 
very obvious or they like, can't um, oh, make no. themselves normal. I was going to say shape shift, mm-hmm. but I couldn't Normalized. come up with the name. Exactly. And uh, most of the Morlocks viewed humans and even the more mainstream mutants, as, such as the X-Men, with distrust and anger, and they occasionally committed criminal or antisocial acts. You said criminal, funny. Cri- yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Which is weird, because I know that crime is in the next line. <laughs> yeah, they usually, they sometimes committed crimes or antisocial acts about on above-ground human society, which, yeah. like... That's fair. I was going to say, it's usually fair. shit to survive, like stealing, which... Yeah. Exactly. The shrug emoji. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay, so some well-known Morlocks and just like some quick one-liners about yes. a couple of Sounds them. Sounds good. Um, Callisto, we're going to go into more about Callisto, but, um, you know, she's the leader of the Morlocks when they first meet. Her powers are she has like heightened sensory perception and an intuitive tactical ability. Basically, she's ultra ultra badass and that's like her power she's good at fighting and good at everything she's the leader of the morlocks uh she named her so we don't know we still don't know what her original name is and i hope we never do i hope they just give her let her be who she is but she renamed herself because she has a scar on her face and it was from like a time when she trusted humans and thought that she would be able to get away with it and then they scarred her and Callisto is some is a somebody who uh, Zeus seduced and then turned into a bear. And I'm like, you are so dramatic. Zeus is the fucking worst. Zeus sucks. This is just another Zeus sucks episode, which is great. Um, we have a lot of those. Yeah. How does this keep happening? No. Well, <laughs> we're two people in the Alphabet Mafia. Greek mythology is gonna this come is up. This is true. So cute. Uh, you've got Caliban, who is a mutant, uh, and his mutant ability is to sense other mutants, but he's also, like, very pale. He's basically Obano, and he has, like, huge yellow eyes. I'm thinking of all of them from X-Men Evolution. Yeah, that's fair, which is also really funny. Um, just It's just always funny to think of anything in the X-Men Evolution way, where you're like, everything's a little bit more silly here. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> so he was chosen to be death and then later pestilence for apocalypse, which I feel like I would be like a little mad that I was downgraded. Be like, really? I was good enough to be death before what happened. I mean, it clearly didn't work. Uh, he speaks in third person sometimes, which is weird. Mask is uh, definitely just a regular, regular villain. He's a bad guy. Okay. He, uh, there's little known about him except for that he was born with severe facial deformities, which led him to living life as an outcast. And then his mutant ability is that he can basically, he's born with the ability to alter f- people's faces and bodies, reshaping them to whatever he wants, which is so weird and yeah. awkward and horrible. Not why is this, it. why is this? Sometimes you're, it's like, this should have never been a power because it's too creepy mm-hmm. and horrible. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. But yeah, he just has like plastic surgery mutation. Okay. I don't know. It's gross looking Here too because it just looks like. Yeah. It's, it's very body horror. And I'm like, <sighs> uh, creepy. Um, he also can't. He's immune to his own powers. So he's like double bitter about being ugly and deformed 
you're ugly on the inside, I'm allowed to make fun of you. And then Sunder is another one of the founding. So those were three of the founding okay. members. Um, Sunder is another one. He's really, really big. He's got superhuman strength and stamina and durability. And uh, he's aide to Callisto, and he's the muscle of the group. Okay. Which is always funny, because Callisto is such a fighter. And then yeah. he's like, actually, this guy is the muscle of the group. Actually, this guy's going to he comes out, and he's like, I'm like eight feet tall, and just really, really big and scary. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yikes. Uh, Leech was a Morlock who is like a small green toad boy, and his powers uh, repress other people's powers. Yes. So they can't use yep. powers mm-hmm. around him. Uh, Mero was a Morlock for a little bit. I think she got saved from the from something that I'll mention in a minute. <laughs> and then there was uh, Tommy, who was a young girl. She had like kind of rainbowy hair, and she just and she could do uh, turn herself into a two D form. So it was kind of she can slip through a lot of really okay. small spaces and things like that. Is the one from X-Men Evolution where she has a giant hand and she takes her gloves off and she can melt thing a real X-Men character? I don't know. Okay. I don't... There were a lot of Morlocks yeah, and I did not look at them all. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, probably. Yeah. They have a lot I'm of... I'm sure they based it off of one exactly. of the characters. Or they Especially were like, they were like this a minor cool role. and we swung it yeah. back into this yep. other thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all deep beneath Manhattan in all of the abandoned subway cars that were... Aha! I was close, but I was thinking sea war. Cold war, not the, not the civil war. Civil war is a lot further away than the it's cold war. It's so much further away. Because <laughs> yeah. well, I was like, that's wrong. But it was a war. Yeah, but they're, they're bomb shelters that they're <clears throat> are all like deeply connected okay. from Westchester to New Jersey. Okay. And deep beneath that and way deep beneath that, there are like, there's a railway system that they've built so that they can get there quickly and this sort of thing. So the first issue with the Morlocks is when we meet like kind of most of them except for Caliban who'd been in uh, X-Men comics beforehand apparently Callisto found when she abandoned human society she found other mutants like her and they kind of all decided to be a group and then because Caliban had mutant tracking powers it led them to find other ones and they were able to make like a society and Callisto dipped at the Morlocks because she's all above about big fucking names and reading books apparently. She's really just a fucking nerd. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also it's after the lower cased uh lower cast <laughs> cased reading the lower cast monsters that dwelled underground and I'm like, I just feel like we could have picked a more positive name and maybe maybe we could have made something of ourselves. That's definitely not true, but you know. At some point, she cements herself as the Morlocks leader, and in the article I was reading, it was like, she does that, and then she immediately decides she needs a consort, which I'm pretty sure is not how that worked. But it's fine. So she's the Morlocks leader, and she's like, I'll get a consort, and then she's like, it's definitely going to be Warren Worthington because he is a very... He's the most handsome of all of the mutants. <laughs> and 
And like, it's definitely a choice. Like, I mean, he's rich, so. I mean, at least he's rich. Yeah, marry rich. Girl, we all know you really want to marry Storm. Which we'll get to. We're going to get to that. But, um, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, she's like, he's the most beautiful man in the world. And she sends Sunder to go kidnap him. And Sunder uh, grabs Warren and, like, Candy Southern comes home, his human girlfriend. And she's, like, she's essentially, like, the X-Men's version of Sue Dibney, except for she's, like, also cool. I love Sue a lot, but she's, like, a big dork. She's like, I'm going to leave my rich life and be with this nerd. <laughs> this stretchy nerd. This stretchy nerd, because I love him. And it's like, that's definitely a choice. And <laughs> Candy's like, oh, Warren Worthington. You're very handsome. And you have wings, you say? That works with me. I can fuck with that. Oh, and you're a billionaire. And you're I can also fuck with that. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, she's She's cool. She's the cool, helpful human girlfriend who also gets fridged. Ah, You know, not as, yeah, it's not as disgusting. It's not great, though. But, you know, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so Sunder grabs Warren and Candy, and then Candy gets home, and it sees, like, feathers and blood, and it's like, something happened. She doesn't call the, she thinks specifically, I'm not going to call the police because they're slow. I'm going to call Xavier. Yeah. Which I'm like, yes, Candy always says ACAB, and that's why we love her. So she brings that up and they call Xavier. He hears her getting kidnapped. He telepathically summons Kurt, who is in the hot tub with Amanda Sefton. Of course he presumably is. Presumably naked. Of course. Kurt still teleports to go see what's happening and ends up saving Candy, who Sunder just like chucks because he doesn't need her, I guess. Um, and then like dumps Candy with Amanda Sefton in the hot tub. And puts on clothes, <laughs> catches a cold during the whole thing because it's cold out. And it's like, you you didn't... What's happening <laughs> here? Good fucking lord. They are alerted to this happening. They go to track him. And then um, the storm is like, Wolverine isn't here, so can we have, like... Feral, or I don't know, one of the other tracking ones. One of the others. One of the other tracking ones who's a teen, and they're like, we can't send her because she's a teen. But also your team is, so it's Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Kitty, who, if she isn't a teen, must be just 20. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. Why did Kitty just, like, become an (laughs) X-Men? Really, like, I know that they were doing, like, I the, love her, it's a but... teen point of view, everybody yeah. can feel involved. But everybody else are like, they're like... teens, and they're like, Kitty was a teen, but she's just, that girl. it's fine. Fuck this particular girl, <laughs> we don't care about her. You're an X-Men, um, deal with it. You, nobody can hit you, right? So I don't have to <laughs> feel fine. bad. If you're doing a bad job, then I don't know, we'll figure that out. We'll get Jubilee, she's the next one. <laughs> Facts. 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 Yeah. But yeah, so um, they're going down into this uh, tunnel and they're following Xavier's like, no teens except for Kitty. And he gives them this like Cerebro mini thing that I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Um, That is able to track Angel's brainwaves down into the sewers so they can follow Where is any telepath? Um, Jean's dead. Okay. I don't think they, uh, Emma is in a coma and also is still bad. She, cause she's in one of these two issues okay. and she's like, 
something bad happened. I think it's back before it's like one of the first issues with or you know one of the one of the first issues with Maddie as like Scott's girlfriend and he like pulls out a picture of Jean and he's like she died in a plane crash and I'm like good lord she did not everything about this is a nightmare she killed and then Maddie's like I have to go deal with this because <laughs> you're da- are you dating me because I she's like is this some like second chance thing what the fuck and he's like I'm so glad you're not a telepath <laughs> <laughs> oh Scott. Yes. You are the biggest mask. Scott, you suck. Um no one should date this man. It's a nightmare. But yeah, so they're they're elsewhere dealing with other dumbass fucking things. Okay. And Storm <laughs> is in in charge because she is the only person. The that only makes capable sense. person. Yeah, exactly. Well, and if, if we're which is about, most of the which time. Say almost 100% <laughs> of the time, Storm is the only capable person and definitely the only capable leader. But yeah, so they're going down the subways as like trains pass by and like further into the earth, and Storm is claustrophobic. So she's like, I. Oh, yeah, that's right. Totally fine. I did just mention the fact that I almost died by getting smashed by a bunch of walls one time. But I'm fine. I've got this. Everybody shut the fuck up. And don't talk about the fact that we're underground and everything is dumb. Definitely like a grit your teeth and it's it's going to be... Let's just not talk about it. <laughs> yeah. We have to talk about it because exposition and how you're going to figure this out. Especially if this is your first comic, yep. which would be a real choice. But uh, so they go down and they follow this place underground. It leads to a wall, but Storm's like, there should be a door here because this little Cerebro thing said. So Kitty brings them all through. The Morlocks jump them as they come through the wall and they fight for a little bit. And Kitty gets s- separated and then later kind of kidnapped which I say kind of kidnapped because she was touched by Plague, who is another Morlock who can just make you be really sick. What a terrible fucking power, by the way. Yeah. Like, all of the Morlock powers are bad, but, like, what a huge bummer. Yeah. She got separated when they were fighting, and then she fainted. So Caliban, like, scooped her up. So well, I guess it's it's still kind of kidnapping, but also she was unconscious in a sewer somewhere. So, like, it's a, you know... It's not great, but it's, it's not also great. the alternative is also not great. The rest of them follow this Cerebro thing, kind of like concerned, but not concerned enough about this um, to go figure out where Angel is. They go down a ladder and find another big tunnel where everything looks really fancy and stooped up. And uh, Callisto is like, ha turns on the lights. I'm here, you know. And meets the team head-on, declaring Angel is hers, and proceeds to cut his pin feathers so that he can't fly. Which I'm like... Does that work for angels? I don't know, but it... it, Well, I think it should work for wings just in general, but the fact that you... And this is in the 80s, so you found a book... To figure out which feathers are the pin feathers and then just like, and that you can cut them and that they'll grow back. I don't fucking know. This is too much dedication to the bit and it is weird. Yeah. And like creepy. Pin, like cutting pin feathers gives me the same heebie jeebie feeling as like the Achilles thing that we were talking yeah. about last time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh, that's horrible. The X Men fight to free Warren and Callisto is like, all the fucking marauders go get them and it's four of them and it's a fuck ton of marauders with weird ass fucking marauders nope 
Morlocks were not at Marauders yet. That does come up later. It didn't come out of nowhere. But yeah, so they're overwhelmed. So uh, they're forced to bear witness to Callisto's marriage to Angel. And then... I don't think that's how that works. No. No, it's not. So uh, they're having... Callisto's having a big ceremony because that's apparently the type of girl she is. She's like, let's make a big fucking dumb to-do out of all of this. I'm about it. I'm like, okay. We know who you are, Callisto. It's fine. They try to escape another time and Nightcrawler like teleports a bunch of times with her and she like is like, I'm going to, you know, drop her somewhere terrible where she'll something bad will happen to her. And then Plague touches Storm and is like, if I touch her twice, she's going to die, which I'm going to second that that's a really bad fucking power for any person to have. It's like the worst Midas touch in the world. They're like, okay, uh, we'll balance. The odds are balanced, so we're just here. And then Caliban comes out with Kitty, who also got touched by Plague. And they're like, well, if we don't do something about this soon, both of these people are going to die. And Caliban's like, just so you know, if somebody challenges uh, Callisto to one-on-one hand-to-hand combat to the death, they can become the leader of the Morlocks. So Kurt's like, yo, I will Yo, I got this. That. And Storm is like, sit fucking down. And he's like, don't you have a fever of like 104 or something? And she's like, yeah, no worries. I've got this. You do not know who I am, but believe me, you will. Also, Callisto's like, if you use your weather powers, I will fully cut Kitty's throat. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, she's like, no worries. Which, like, is totally bullshit because Callisto's mutant powers are, like, heightened fighting. It's like being an ultra badass. And so she's giving Storm a huge handicap, but not one for herself. But uh, Callisto didn't see Storm as enough of a threat. So she, like, whacks her, knocks her, like, crown off because it's that, like, little black bodysuit with the little crown moment. And, like, takes first blood and then... Storm uses her cape that she had, that she pulls it off, pulls it and like whips it towards Callisto, pulls her forward and stabs her with a knife in the heart, which, oh, I forgot I didn't mention, but like at the beginning of the fight, Storm is like, yeah, I've got a fever. I'm going to deal with it. And she goes and over and Callisto tosses a knife to her like, okay, let's fight. And she catches it out of the air and it's like, oh, so badass. You didn't think this was going to go this way. And here we are. And now you're fucked. Awesome. She stabs Callisto in the heart. And the only reason that Callisto lives is because they do have a Morlock healer who heals her. But like, it's like, it's to the death and I Mm -hmm. did it. I'm the winner. Yeah, he would have been dead. Also, you're a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should have had a fever, too. Callisto is like, I'm not going to say I'm super in love with you now, but oh, my God. Is it really, really warm in here? Do I? Did Plague touch me? Oh, my God. Yeah. So she vows to win her place back and exact her revenge. And Storm's like, you could just have it back. Just give me my people. Yeah. Storm's like, don't don't bother, and they they fucking leave. Um, I don't want this. I just want my people back in one piece, including the angel man you fucking clipped. Mm -hmm. So let's go. As soon as I walk out of the sewers, it's me forfeiting. Yeah. 
she wishes she said that. That would have been the clever thing to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Callisto tries to get revenge on Storm. She visits Caliban and during Kitty Pride's like fever sickness, she was like, I will stay with you if you help against Callisto, which he did, because he told them that they could fight her. But also Kitty had like a terrible fever from a plague, so and she was under duress, promises made under duress, but you know. So he's creepy and he's like, Well, I do want to marry her, so they try to kidnap her and do that sort of dumb shit. Katie's like, well, I did say this, so I guess I will marry you, whatever. And Colossus is like, no, you know. Katie's like, it's okay, that's what annulments are for. Katie's like, Colossus, you're also like four years older than me. I am still young. Mm-hmm. I guess if she's 20 in this, which she definitely isn't, then he'd be 24. But it's when she's 14 and he's 18 and he's like, no, stay away. And I'm like, you're clearly trying to go after his sister. Just go after the person who's age appropriate. I understand that you don't understand that you're very bisexual, but you will in the future. And you're going to look back on this moment and be like, God damn it. I was dumb. How did I not figure that one out? Hmm. Peter is objectively hot. He's a big himbo. They have this, like, dead girl who Mask manipulated her features to make her look like Kitty. So they're like, here is this, and what are the X-Men going to do? And Callisto is, like, really excited about all this stupid shit happening. But it ends up not happening because Caliban's like, oh, she doesn't love me. And it's like, why would she love you? She met you for five minutes when she was fucking sick. (sighs) Mm -hmm. You know. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not ideal. Mm -hmm. Not their best story. Yeah. Yeah. Not Not the best way to introduce a group. Exactly. It's fine. To be fair, Callisto looks incredibly cool during every one of her scenes. She's awesome. That's good. And, like, you can see why the Morlocks are a society, but it also does suck that all of their, like, intro stories are, like, bad things happen because the Morlocks are terrible. It's like, oh, well, that's great. Um, the next sto- big story that happens to them, though, is uh, out of nowhere, the community was attacked. The young girl named Tommy ends up going back to the Morlock like, community, and she is murdered. And then they end up murdering um, the, a group called the Marauders, ends up murdering basically like hundreds of Morlocks. Some of them get away, but it's very few. Callisto does because she's got main character syndrome. She has an eye patch. Of course she does. It turns out that these agents, I don't remember when they, oh yeah. Later on, you find out that this story was because of something with Mr. Sinister, but basically the Morlock tunnels were assaulted, um, and they just go in and murder everybody. Oh, cool. Exactly. A bad time. And only the timely arrival. Somebody calls the X-Men, because they've got <laughs> a, like, call to the X-Men thing yep. now. And the only only the timely arrival of the X-Men kept the massacre from being a total massacre. Not a genocide case. But you know what I mean. Yep. Just a lot of... Uh, Callisto cradled a lot of bodies that day. Um, Anna Lee was one who was, she like, her children were killed and then they came and killed her. 
just a lot of people were murdered. It was a big fucking deal, and it's like a huge anti-mutant type thing. Um, the X-Men drove the Marauders off, but uh, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Shadowcat all sustained uh, heavy injuries. And um, if I remember correctly, somebody like does something to Nightcrawler, and Colossus just like breaks this dude's spine. Okay, cool. And just straight up murder. Cool. Uh, I think Kitty can't phase back, so she's just always like kind of a ghost at this point for whatever reason. Um, so they're brought, they bring the uh, surviving Morlocks back to Xavier's mansion with uh, Moira McTaggart, and then, oh, it, yeah, it rattled everybody, especially Storm, who is basically, because she was like, I took responsibility as their leader, no, you and then I immediately, that shit up. I was gonna say, and then I immediately left and didn't do anything, and was like, you can come and live with us at Xavier's Mansion, and it's like, you know we're still gonna be weird even there. You know that that's not really an option for us. And Beast is like, it's mm-hmm. okay, I'm blue. Yeah. And Nightcrawler is like, me too. Yeah. But Nightcrawler is still like, he's blue, but he's probably one of the most handsome X-Men. It just, yeah. It's one of those where it's like, he's like, I'm blue. And it's like, I'm covered in eyeballs. (laughs) I can't touch somebody twice without killing them. I don't think we have the same problems. You're blue and very handsome. So you're somebody who can't touch people too without killing them. So, you know. But she's still hot. She can go to the store. It's true. As long as nobody touches her face, which hopefully most people don't. And if they do... If they do, they deserve to die. If they do, they deserve it. (laughs) But yeah, so um, also at this point, uh, Storm had already been... She'd been depowered, so she's like, what am I doing on the X-Men? And Callisto is like, hey. Babe. (laughs) Hey, babe. (laughs) Yeah, basically like... I know that we've fought a lot of times, but I trust you, like, pretty implicitly because of the person that you are and how strong you fight and blah, blah, blah. I'm super gay for you. But yeah, basically, I respect that you're going to make sure that you're worthy of the respect that we all give you. So that you're going to make good on this sort of shit. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Ten years after the original story, they're... Like, oh, this was this happened because Mr. Sinister wanted the underground community slaughtered, which there was another retcon that all of the Morlocks or most of the Morlocks had been created by Dark Beast, who came from the Age of Apocalypse reality and like did a bunch of other dumb shit. But I can't deal with how stupid that is. It just <laughs> sounds like the Dark Mercury Sailor Moon musical storyline, okay. but not as cool. But not cool. Like, we just wanted to draw Evil Beast. And I'm like, I get it, but you can just do fan art. Yeah. So true. many things happen because some asshole was like, I just really wanted to draw gorillas. I just really wanted to draw everyone as hulks. Fuck you guys. Come on. The worst. Um, yeah. And then there's also a retcon later when uh, Gambit is an X-Men, where every time they meet somebody with Gambit, it's somebody new being like, oh, I knew Gambit back when. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Um, and part of like the issue with Rogue's big issue with Gambit is that she finds out that he did something bad, but he won't tell her what it was. And it turns out that he was the original person who had 
gathered all of the marauders together as a team. And then when he heard that they were going to murder a bunch of people, he was like, I am out. And I guess he saved Marrow. I don't know. I didn't read that one. Shocking Gambit doing something without honor. I'm like, also, like, Gambit's whole, like, Gambit's whole thing is he's like, I was a bad guy in the past, yeah. and now I'm better. Literally, that's so many X-Men things. You cannot make it a big deal. Yeah. And especially when he's like, I didn't murder anybody. But it's like, you did collect a bunch of murderers for something specific that was murder. <laughs> it's not ideal. But yeah, so turns out the Marauders didn't fully destroy the Morlocks. There are still a couple Morlocks, so they came, a couple of them came back to the tunnels after the massacre, and Mask took over. Both Storm and Callisto rejected leadership at one point, and then Colossus's evil brother, Mikhail, was like, I'm taking over, and maybe flooded the tunnels to kill all the Morlocks, but it turns out, retcon city out here that the Morlocks and Mikhail actually survived and teleported to a dimension called the hill where he made them fight for survival and then there was something with Gene Nation it was a lot of like weird retcons where it's like actually there are still Morlocks and it's like there can always still be Morlocks because mutants will still be born with With obvious mutations mutations. with physically Always going to be obvious places mutations. that these things are not uh, born, but you know, but mutated. Usually, yeah, they're gonna have a bad time when they Sometimes turn. Sometimes an ear is just gonna pop up on mm-hmm. their forehead. It just is what it is. It is Sometimes it is. you have so many eyes. Sometimes there's one mutant that is a full cannon mutant that can just shit ice cream. That's a power she does has. It, does it taste like ice cream? Yeah, like different flavors. I'm not mad about that. No. <laughs> Well, it was like a joke that somebody drew, and then they drew her in the background, so now she's canon. I love that. I think her name is Soft Serve, which is really funny. It's, girl, you're making matter out of other matter, but you're doing it in a good way, which is, most of us don't get to, you know. Sure. It's it's interesting. (laughs) Well, this one's chocolate chip, guys. Who wants chocolate chip? (laughs) Anybody? No? I know it. I know it technically came out of my ass, but I mean, it tastes just like oh, fucking haagen Eating ass is like almost a... I mean, most people... Who does, doesn't eat ass you know, nowadays? It's, a, it's pretty mainstream nowadays, and mine is literally ice cream. <laughs> I didn't think this is where this conversation oh, was going to go, but it's not, not ideal. Um, during the decimation storyline where Wanda is like, no more mutants. And then a lot of mutants just die. Um, I don't think they die. They just lose their power. Some of them, that kills them. And, you know. If oh, that were, makes sense. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Chamber is one of the stories during the decimation where, like, they figure out a way to save him. But, like, it's like his whole, like, all of his organs that are important organs were just, like, fire most of the time how do you save him the answer is you don't <laughs> yeah so a lot of the answer is comic those books. people just like yeah or if you were flying and then all of a sudden oh, yeah, your wings are like yo we're gone we're not a wing anymore we're gone because wanda had because the the whole maximoff family is a nightmare yeah that's facts yeah um, see our other episode exactly. about the house of m to learn what we're talking about. But yeah, so uh, some of the Morlocks that remained, they came to the X-Mansion. Some of them 
remained underground under Marrow's protection. There's another story where the Terrigen Cloud from... What's the other team that we don't want to watch the movie for that's really long? Oh, the um, Eternals? Yeah. So I think the Eternals have something to do with all of that fucking nonsense. Um, And there's, like, a cloud that's making people into mutants. And the Morlocks are like, we'll take in... Your weirdos, because that's whatever cloud makes a mutant as a weirdo. It's all the same. We got you. That one has eight arms. Let's fucking go. It's fine. That one has forty fingers. Let's go. Had mask make her mask made her have tentacles for some reason. She was like, "I'm a hundred percent here for it. I feel awesome." Like literally on panel saying, "I like to have this. This is great." Hey Storm, you like this? How you vibing over there? (laughs) A wink? Not a wink, because I only have one eye. Oops. A blink? (laughs) Or is it all? Are they all winks? Oh. This is a good question. Ponder that, readers. Uh, Listeners. Those people. And then Krakoa, when Krakoa was established as a mutant paradise, um, the known Morlocks that reside there are Callisto, Caliban, Cybele, Erg, Revived Healer, Leech, Mask, Marrow, Mole, Piper, Skids, and a revived Tommy who's been doing... um, And then there's Tommy. Well, and Tommy... So Tommy is a really interesting figure because she's like a direct parallel to Kitty. She has essentially like a very similar to the same power. It's a little less convenient. She can't phase through like a full solid thing, but if there's a crack in something, she can. Oh yeah. She's the one that can make herself, but she doesn't look normal. Yeah. So she's like the legend of Zelda, the link, the 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 paper. Yes. What one was it? Mm, Yeah. I know what you're talking talking about. about. I do link, suck yourself to the wall Mm -hmm. and go through cracks and then be a real boy again. I think if you're a fairy in D&D, you can do that, too, because you can make your size smaller or one bigger. And if you're one smaller, you can go through, like, a keyhole, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so the thing about the Morlocks is that it's just another thing that kind of shows exactly who who everybody is, but who Charles is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because most of it came... Who is a dickwad? ...came out of, like, who comics were written by and when they were written, but... Basically, it's hard to put the X-Men in the same universe with the Avengers, because if the Avengers are there, but they aren't helping the mutants who are going through terrible things, who are getting, like, vivisected, who are people who are not being treated as people. Like, if they're not helping the big issues, then that's a huge indictment on the Avengers. It's the same thing as, like, standalones are always really hard, because you're like, if this is such a big deal, why isn't every other person helping? Isn't somebody helping? Yeah. 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 Um, And, like, it comes up from time to time in comics, and it usually ends up with Emma, like, making some Avenger look like a bitch. (laughs) Because it's usually, like, there's a... In Civil War, um, Carol comes to be like, you guys should sign up to be registered. And And they're like, fuck off. Well, and Emma is like, um... (laughs) First of all, we were there when the actual, like, when Nova blew up and all that. We came to help, and we helped you guys. You didn't come to help us when, after that happened, people figured out where we were and blew up our fucking school, and now we're burying kids. And then she, like, brings Carol psychically to the mother that she had to call Lucinda Guthrie, because Mm -hmm. um, that's when 
Icarus. Yeah. I think it's Icarus. Uh, dies. Yeah. Jay. And then she brings her to the funeral of somebody. And then she brings her into like among the rubble where there's like a bunch of bodies. And then she psychically brings her to in this kid's grave. And Carol is like, and she's like, you think you're our friend because of the whole like rogue thing, but you don't come around when we need fucking help. So fuck right off. Yeah. Where were you when we had any of our problems? Yeah. Which we have all the time, and it's right. But also, that's what the Morlocks are to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Charles Xavier could have started with anyone, but he started with five white kids that were all normal-looking originally. Mm-hmm. They all, like, Beast and Iceman get their, like, more mutated forms later. And Cyclops can always just wear his stupid glasses, you know. Um, it wasn't so much about saving mutants from people. It was about respectability politics. It was about image and uh, a certain image that he wanted to present because he's he, gross. He has a very specific idea of how to fix things, and it's by making mutants presentable and to like, human, to regular, and to people. humans, and helpful to humans. And it's like we're not all bad mutants, and it's less about like saving people. He, he picked Kitty with Cerebro instead of Tommy, a less normal-looking girl who was literally under his fucking feet. Because, you know, he's a piece of shit. Kitty was also being held captive. Is that when... I don't really remember. <laughs> that they, that's when they first introduced the Hellfire Club. And that's when uh, Emma, Emma and Kitty come in at the same issues. Because mm-hmm. she's being held captive by the Hellfire Club. Whatever. But, yeah, I get what you're trying to yeah. say. <laughs> It would have been easier yeah. to find this kid yeah. who was. You under could the have ground. found both of he them. Also needed. You help. could have went to both of them. He would never. <laughs> a waste of. I don't need two people who can slip through a wall. I'll I don't just know. torture this one fourteen-year-old girl. I feel like both would be useful, but you know. I mean, funny. again, I want a team. I was really here for a team that's boom boom and. Dazzler and Jubilee, who all have the same fucking power, essentially, in different weird ways. And they're all hot masses. I also love, like, when characters have the same power, but it's a little bit different, like, specific ways that you use telepathy and things like that. That's really interesting. But yeah, Cerebro, apparently, he's like, oh, Cerebro can't find the Morlocks. And it's like, but you just used your little Cerebro. Maybe because they were actually underground. Maybe the underground just makes Cerebro not. But he just used the bot to find Warren Worthington's thoughts underground. Yeah, no, it's all bullshit. He's it just is an bullshit. Yeah, he so just it's just real bad. It's really this is an anti-Xavier. Oh, podcast. for real. But it's like super interesting that it's not yeah. something that was necessarily written in, but yeah. something that when you look back, you're like, you're like well, Whoa. you only picked all of these specifically like good-looking yeah. normal kids. You also have a ton of money. The people who are in the subway underneath you are, like, starving and stealing to eat. Like, can't do anything about that? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. So that's, I think, a big reason of why the Marauders killed the Morlocks. Because Mm -hmm. it's a huge indictment of, like, who, what the X-Men are about, which is more, like, putting down bad mutants than saving mutants. Yeah. Um, especially in the 60s through the 80s. But it, it, it indicts that, and then it takes away the problem as well. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is the mark. Cool. Mm-hmm.
What you gonna do, brothers and sisters, when thousands of geeky fans descend on Atlanta for five days and nights of the grandest con of them all? You can prepare by training, eating your vitamins, saying your prayers, and checking out the Dragon Con Report each and every month leading up to the show. Watch or listen and let Dragon Con Mania run wild on you! Um, okay, so mine isn't very long, but um, at the end, after I go through everything, I kind of have, like, open topics that okay. we can chit-chat about. <laughs> All right, so I am doing the history of cosplay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know we've cool. mentioned it. Yeah. Like, we've both been doing that for a while. Yeah, You've been doing that for longer than mm-hmm. I have. So... And uh, talk about it and then talk about a little bit of how it changed, which is something we can both yeah. personally We were talk just about. talking about how the internet is better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Part of it. Minus comic vibe. <laughs> All right. So, um, of course, there's like Wikipedia. And then I read uh, two different articles, one from the abridged yet complete history of cosplay on a site called Costumes and Ugly Sweaters. <laughs> and another co- article, Why is Cosplay So Popular? by uh, just Megan. That's just what it was. So, cosplay, which is short for costume play, has been in the United States for decades, but it wasn't actually popular until Japan, until one Japan took it. As a hobby across the fandoms, and then it basically exploded. Okay, that tracks. Cosplay was first officially a thing in the 1930s in America, but it was just under the term costuming at the time. And it was just meant dressing up in a costume. Though the first documentation of cosplay actually occurred in America back in 1908. Holy shit. A couple in Cincinnati named Mr. and Mrs. Fell attended a masquerade ball and dressed up as a pair of characters from a popular newspaper strip of the time. That's so cute. Isn't it? <laughs> I wish there were pictures. I know. I didn't Google it. I might yeah. maybe be able to find I've something. I've seen some from like early costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, early cons and like, you know, Star Trek shit. Yeah, yep. And then it became popular in the mid-80s at comic conventions. Um, and it was first described as cosplay in, um, when it was reinvented in the early 90s as a performance art that centered around the comics, television shows, uh, games and movies, etc., etc. So when it first came about, the practice of dressing up with characters was known uh, was known for uh, as costuming, and it basically was popular at Halloween parties and at masquerades um, all throughout the 1930s and a little bit further on. Um, so at first, people were dressing up for conventions um, when they started dressing up at conventions. Excuse me, more generic. They're more like, we're going to a science fiction convention. We're going to be an alien. We're going to do this. Just kind of, you know, yeah. we're going to wear this weird metallic fabric and be alien-like or I'm space-like or whatever it is. thousand percent understand yes. that. As someone who dressed up as Starfire yeah. as an alien, I get it. <laughs> 
but no one would ever really be specific characters. And then in 1975, that's when the specific character cosplay started to become mainstream at comic book and sci-fi conventions. And this was largely due to Rocky Horror Picture Show because they encouraged moviegoers to dress up as the character of their favorite character and going uh, costume, which ended up jump-starting the character cosplay. I love that. Yes. And then around the same time, the practice of dressing up as A-list comic book and television show characters at conventions became all the more popular with the fandom such as Star Trek and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it was basically the way that led into full-on cosplay that started in the uh, the early 1970s. So where did the actual term cosplay come from? Hmm. So the term cosplay was coined in 1984 by a Japanese journalist who went to Worldcon in Los Angeles, which isn't a convention now for any of say, It used to be yeah, a thing. Yeah, and it is not, not anymore. anymore. So his name was uh, Nobuyuki Takahashi, and he worked for an anime news network called Studio Hard. I'm assuming that's not a studio anymore either. I didn't yeah. Google it, nor did I care. It was the past. <laughs> this was 1984. That was almost 40 years ago. Yeah. The word cosplay was originally meant to take place of the word masquerade, and then cosplay soon became a massive hit in Japanese youth around the mid-80s. These Japanese cosplayers incorporated cosplay into their convention celebrating various manga and anime shows, and soon Japan became known as the cosplay hub of the entire world. There's even a district in Japan known as the Harajuku District, which is specifically known for people walking around in cosplay from day-to-day life, even outside of conventions, which, for people who may not understand, um, you remember all of Gwen Stefani's little yes. characters, and she labeled herself as a Harajuku girl. And then recently said, I'm definitely Japanese. And everybody was like, you aren't. She was like, (laughs) she literally was like, I feel like I'm Japanese, so I'm Japanese. And they were like, that's not how this works. You're too old to be in this part of your weeb stage. You have to get past, you have to like get past the, this is cool and get into the Japanese people are people part, which most of us do when we're like, 13? Yeah. Um, though while cosplay originated in America, it was actually the Japanese who ended it, ended up elevating it into what it is today. That tracks. Um, so since then, since, uh, the phrase was coined and it became a huge thing in Japan, it is now popular across the entire world and there are conventions, online forums, web stores, all dedicated to it. And we both know that even since the early 2000s when I started cosplaying yeah. and you a little bit after me, there was a huge difference in in the community. And in the and popularity. And yeah, the, the like, popularity. It's how... It's, availability. Yeah, I was going to say, it, I literally say, it's a hell of a lot easier to find stuff now from materials to wigs to costume mm-hmm. pieces, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's more accessible. Yes. Most uh, things, I think, are probably more accessible nowadays. Just yeah, because just of because of the internet. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But even, like, we grew up in the starting of the internet, and um, even now, like, it is still just easier to... Even watching it is just easier because of all the streaming yeah. services and this and that, like... Well, yeah. Back like, in the day, you had to go buy your, your VHS that had two episodes one, on two it. two episodes, it was still expensive. Yep. And you had to find, like, a shady yep. place to find it. I was going to say, or I remember like, there was one... You got episode eight. It was, like, a 
collecting comics mm-hmm. used to be when it was first getting kind of popular, yep. where you would get two parts of a story and then never ever find out what happened yep. until many years later yep. when you reread it and you were like, I wonder how this ends. And then you just looked up the comic and were able to fucking read it on yeah. your stupid iPad. Yep. So we know that cosplay is a small sub uh, subcategory of conventions. There's so many other parts of conventions if you have ever been to one. But it really took flight in the early 90s. And it's also when anime and manga started to become popular over in the States and in Europe, which is why it be- ended up exploding and nerds just ate it all fucking up. And we're all like, yes. Yeah. Yes, we like this. Since uh, its expansion back uh, back here, cosplay has become increasingly it is becoming an increasingly intricate aspect of the fandom. And even in back in 2005, a world cosplay competition was actually introduced, so specifically just for cosplay. It's become so popular now that literally, like we talk about, how like nerds are the in thing, and being like in cosplay is like the like it thing and shit like that. One time, my dad was like, when everything, when Marvel first started, like, releasing, because I feel like Iron Man came out, there were the Batman movies that were also happening Mm -hmm. around that time, and dad was like, the stuff that you like is starting to get popular, that's pretty cool, like, you're, you're gonna be cool, and I was like, the amount that I like things will never be cool, ever. (laughs) There's liking things, and then there's being like, oh, did you want to know about this person's height? Canonically, and why that sort of thing affects them in certain different ways. Would you like to know every single member of the Summer's Grey Clan? No, me neither, but I still have it in my head. Here but we I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Would you like to know and how they're all terribly related? Because there's a lot of time travel and idiocy. <laughs> And none of it really makes sense. And instead, my brain is like, this is the important information instead of like, a cousin's name. <laughs> All right. Why did it become so popular and why do we love it so much? For a lot of people, and I feel the same way, cosplay is an outlet for their creativity. So I'm not very good at drawing. I'm not very good at this, but I can use my creativity to design my outfits. And there are so many different as- aspects to um, cosplay that aren't just like the, the making thing yeah. yeah so like sewing is obviously a huge part but there's so much more to that so to sew a costume you have to have an idea of what you want to do and to have an idea of what you want to do you're having a specific connection with the character or the outfit at yeah. least and then from there you still have to do some costume design because even if you aren't really changing the costume you have to figure out how to make it something that is 2D and being drawn to something that is going to yeah. fit on a human body like, how and does actually work this work <laughs> yes yeah. which a lot of times is it doesn't and you just but that's where the design well, comes first, in <laughs> first you have to think how can i put this on a human body and second you have to think and how do i get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't think about that second thing, you're gonna yeah. need to only spend like I don't know, 
I don't yeah. know how long anybody can stay without peeing. But yeah. Mine is awful. short these days. <laughs> then you get to go shopping. You get to make different d- design choices when it's uh, like some things look like they have texture, but it's still all you trying to figure it out. So you have to go to the store. You have to figure out what fabrics you want to get, all what colors you want to get. The colors are constantly changing from picture to picture. Yeah. So you get to choose all of these choices to make it your perfect version of the outfit in your brain yeah and if it's like a tv show then you have to like sort like try to source the exact fabric yeah yes and then if it's screen accurate you're trying if you're trying to do a screen accurate outfit that's a whole other thing i'll never do that unless somebody who has my face becomes an actor and then i'll be like i guess i'll have to um then there's also things like wig work, which is a whole art in itself. And, of course, all the prop making that people have to do, which is a whole other type of art as well. <laughs> and then there's also dressing up as someone that uh, gives you an ability to sort of escape, which we all get to say, you know, that weekend we're at the convention. We just get to not worry about the real world. You get to um, just be someone else. And um, a lot of actors will say that they dive into their characters. They really just get to forget about their own lives and really identify as this person. And it's the same for cosplayers. Putting on our costume and portraying characters gives us a break from our real life responsibilities and just a little bit of a stress relief, even if it's only for a few hours that we're wearing the costume, which is true. If you are a cosplayer, you know you can take on certain traits Depending on the, co- the the person you are dressed up as, you know, whether there's your badass bitch cosplay that you're going to feel more you're confident. You're toxic you're, and you yes. eat all the broccoli yep. people. Or the, the giggly, fun, like super happy, smiley person, mm-hmm. even though I'm who we are, who we are. So we're still going to swear as Disney princesses. Yeah. But. <laughs> That's why I do very few Disney princesses. <laughs> a, because my voice is like 12 octaves below <laughs> a, the average Div- Disney princess. I'm like you're a prince or a villain at the very fucking least. <laughs> And just like LARPing or playing D&D, cosplaying helps you get into character and really lets you escape into a new world. But instead of just playing in a field or sitting at a table uh, or nowadays, since especially since COVID, through fucking yeah. uh, FaceTime, you're actually getting into costume to help you with the new character. But it's the same kind of aspect of just living in a different world for mm-hmm. a brief amount of time it's where like you don't have to read your work emails. fucking like... Halloween except yeah. for more. Yes. Where I don't have to read my work emails because I'm away for the weekend at a convention. Jean Grey doesn't get work emails. She gets work pings to her head yeah. from Xavier, That's which true. is so much worse. <laughs> Confidence is another aspect that a lot of cosplayers gain. There seems to be some kind of phenomenon that happens when people dress up as a character and act like them, and suddenly even the most introverted people can have a com- the confidence of an extrovert and find themselves in groups nerding out essentially we're nerding out over something but you don't feel like you don't feel awkward or embarrassed or like you don't want to talk to someone as you rant and rave about this random d-list character that you're dressed as (laughs) i am an extrovert but as martha who is an introvert i have seen her do this (laughs) but even as an extrovert i don't really want to talk to people either but i can get excited about the only the past few friends we have made at our bar has been because of our dc 
of his place. So, you know. And it's also the constant, if you do, especially a popular character, the people taking photos of you and complimenting mm-hmm. you and makes you feel special and all that stuff and makes yeah. you feel good and it does help the confidence boosting. Now... What I think would be the most important um, reason why people cosplay and why it's become so popular is because it has created a community for people. Mm-hmm. It's a really good <laughs> fandom space. Yeah. It's not always a really good fandom so, space, yes. but you know, that's every so, fandom space. Cosplay has created a community Cultivate where people own. feel safe to express themselves. We all know we're into the same kind of thing. We mostly lift each other up, boost each other's confidence, you know, try to help each other with new things that they're working on. And when people are new, we try to welcome welcome them on in by, you know, great job, like, you know, helping them in any way. Of course, you have to stay away from the toxic. There's always going to be toxic in every community. Um, But if you can find the right group of people and most and most people are just there to have us stay away from the cause famous people and you'll be fine. Everybody else is just a nerd having fun. And even then, like there are plenty of cause famous people who are just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like just normal people who like this happened to. Yep. And then... So I'm actually almost at the end here, but this is where we can do our little discussion. So I did want to talk about over the years how it has changed. Oh, which is it has changed yeah, a lot um, for the good and the bad. So I did pop, bring up a couple of topics, but if you think of anything else that we want to talk about, we can talk about it. Yeah. So number one, which we touched upon briefly, is the ease of making costumes. Oh my god, so much fucking easier. <laughs> so much easier. My Jean Grey happened because so I did nineties. 90s- traditional not not traditional i guess it's it's the x-men cartoon Jean gray but i did it because i accidentally ended up with a yellow zentai suit and we had the blue fabric well, right and i bought that blue fabric like 10 years yeah. ago for, for something reason. else yeah they pour it on uh and then we, that never happened so yeah. i was like well that that never happened. Uh, I might as well use it. Absolutely. It is literally the perfect this, the perfect that. I had shoes that exactly matched. Mm-hmm. I already had bought. A, like, I didn't buy anything for it. I just had a pile of things and was like, this is clearly 90s Jean Grey. And if you don't do this, you're going to be an idiot. <laughs> so, you know. Here we are. Sometimes you just have to do something because you end up with everything. And you literally didn't pay a cent besides when you originally bought mm-hmm. that blue fabric. Yes. Ten, ten years, years ago, ago, so you didn't pay. That it. money is gone. That money and the thought are all gone. All gone. <laughs> and even just like things that you can buy now, like Yaya has her whole line with Joanne. So it's like the fabric choices are, are so, so much, much better. better. Back in the day, we could, had to satin. order. Well, yes. And or we we had to specifically order from Spandex House and Spandex mm-hmm. World. You had to get them to send all your swatches yeah. get to get like basic fucking white spandex exactly. and pay all this money because there wasn't much choices. Even now, um, there's more patterns. patterns. Even when there's we haven't colors. made yet, but the when we finally make our um, this could 
literally Babs and, oh, okay. and yeah. Rose. You bought the what goes on? Was it her corset? Oh yeah, it's they just have, like this lace. This like it's not lace, it's, but it's like it's a, lacing. Yes, it's lacing. It's like the and like it's already like it's corseted and like it did the work. It's, it's just yeah. I just have you to, have to sew, sew it, it on. Ten years ago, she would have had to fucking lace it herself and like, make, make it. it. Yeah. I would have to make it lace it. I would have so to figure out yeah. the fabric. I would have to put the grommets in. I would yep. have to. Lace it myself. I would have. I would have to hammer the fucking comments, yeah. which is dumb, but mm-hmm. also kind of fun. Like, yeah, there are machines for putting on stones, which we didn't have for like the things that we have now. Even three D printing exactly now is like a legit like three D printing. printing was so unheard of well, slash like, just starting the out. The plastic and now that so they have young. that you can like mold with yep. heat. Is a thing that even we like only had in Warbla, the early 2000s. Yeah. Warbla was Warbla a huge Wonderflex thing when it came out. Like, like, it was impossible it was, to make yeah. armor and shit like that. Like, you you know. A lot of that was, it was. Weapons. Uh, I was going to say, people making web, uh, armor out of, like, cardboard yeah. and Bondo. Yeah. Which is essentially cement. Um, fucking, um, I'm trying to think of, my friend made, um. A whole lot of paper mache shit. Yeah. You'd paper mache armor or this mm-hmm. and that because you didn't have the yeah, shit. Yeah, I wore Kit's Bondo sh- um, Tron shoes, which are just like up walk. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and so it's uncomfortable. It's literally wearing a brick on your foot. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the stuff that, and even if you can't sew, mm-hmm. just buying a costume yeah. now if you can't afford you to, to learn if you, to yeah. a whole, if like, you can't afford hobby. a really expensive commission costume that's fine because you can buy relatively decent quality costumes People will just get who you are and yeah. they'll get like the point yep and then also it's like i i bought my shiko costume that was mm-hmm. easy i didn't have to do any work for that yep just, and even things like amazon are yeah. right now and like back in the day, I'd buy everything off eBay. Like, but like Amazon and, wait 12 and weeks uh, yeah. from Japan. I can. Right? Uh, now I'm like, shit. I need this thing in five days. Amazon Prime. Let's fucking go. Really, really soon. Yeah, yeah. So the stuff nowadays is crazy, mm-hmm. and which is great. Like, yeah. honestly, that's great for everybody who wants to get into Most the hobby. The, it makes like, it a lot less like, more intimidating. Wigs, you used to have yep. to go to like a nice wig store, yeah. and now it's really easy yep. to find that sort of thing. Yeah. So it makes it a lot less intimidating for people to get into the hobby if they're really into it. And it makes it easier for me now that I've been doing it for over 20 years and don't want to deal with that bullshit anymore. As a person who, who like, I'm, you know, moderately happy to create things, I guess. I do, like, I, you know, I do a lot of, like, art in different ways. I don't like sewing, but I also like to have something that is you know, a weird ass character that nobody mm-hmm. is making a thing for. In an ideal world, I would just commission everything. Yes. One day when but, we're rich. But this isn't an ideal no. world. So I still have to make stuff. <laughs> and the fact that things are more accessible or I can just like buy a thing and just yeah. call it one and done or, you know, do a little bit of an edit to it. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can like, if I had the money, I could, pay somebody else to take my measurements and make something that fit me perfectly and was like really, you know, right spot on. Awesome. That being said, side note, if anybody is in the Vegas, California type area 
and can sew and would like to sew a wedding dress, please hit me up. So yeah, just making of the costumes is a lot easier now, which isn't a bad thing. Let it be easy. Let, let you have to spend less time, um, doing all of that. The amount of conventions now. Way more. Way more. Yeah. Ranging in sizes. Which makes say, it a little bit easier for easier people because, to yeah, go. There's, it's, to fig, to it's again, try it out. It's more accessible. Yes. It just makes it like. But it also usually, the, I would, I would say everything's, but everything's a little bit more expensive, just period. Well, so yeah. It doesn't really we, we can't talk about inflation because no. it's just inflation in general. That's Life just is that. inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes it, you know, back in the day, you, there was you know, very specific ones or, you, yeah. you know, very, very fewer. Um, when I, I first, will say back in the day when I first started, Boston Comic Con used to be free yes. if you wore yeah. a crush. That has changed. Um, back in the day, tiny baby <laughs> yeah. a, a cos, a conventions used to let, let you in for free if you were in cosplay. Now they want to, you know, charge us just as much as everything else. And a lot of them are like, we don't like cosplayers. And I'm like, we're free fucking entertainment. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Well, not even free entertainment. We're paying entertainment. Yeah. But it's there's a lot more now. And they do range in size from smaller ones starting out to bigger ones. So it allows uh, people to try it out a mm-hmm. little bit more yeah. and make it easier for well, them like, to want to pop into you this can, like, bring one your day family like, yeah to one it's a one you know one day thing a lot of them have yeah. the one day pass I don't even think a one day pass was like unless you were a tiny baby convention if you were a slightly bigger convention one day passes weren't really a thing back then that became a thing when I was gonna say I don't know bigger. but I mostly did I think I mostly did one day things unless I was doing specifically a weekend yeah but I feel like but, one day things were only with like um I, small I conventions. Never really did like yeah. anime Boston. Yeah, yeah I don't so know. I but it's so long ago yeah. that like literally All my the conventions. I it's my small. so and this year is my twenty year anniversary. Say, Dragon Con, so the first two. year I went, you could definitely buy three like mm-hmm. each day. But Dragon Con but is big, nice and easy. Yeah, uh, nice and easy to get into. A lot easier to find. It's a lot easier to convince your parents to go to if it's a smaller one. Yeah. And your just a lot more options. All, like, no, like, two or three yeah. characters well, when from I, whatever your thing When is. I first started, Anime Boston just started. 2003 was the first year of Anime Boston. Okay. And that's when I started cosplaying. Yeah. Kineticon didn't start for another, like, two or three years. Boston Comic Con yeah. wasn't a thing. All of those. Boston spices. Comic Con was yeah. a thing in, I think, like, 2007. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, 2000. I'm pretty sure I went in 2008, and I think that I missed one year. Yeah. So I, that would make I, sense. I don't know when they start. if I went to their original. Yeah. But I know that, like, I went to, at least there were two that I got in for free with costumes. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was in a basement somewhere. Yeah, yes, the first year I went was a basement, and then the next year was a regular. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was 2009 and started in 2007 or 2008. I know I didn't yeah. miss too many of them, but um, it could have been. The first year was a basement. I know yeah. that. 
Super Me- Super Mega Fest has been going on for a while, but Super Mega Fest is a different kind of show. It's not a typical. But like, there's just a whole, but especially in Massachusetts, there's a whole. Even yeah. no, it's kind of interesting here. So we're in Vegas, as you all know. I feel like it's kind of late on the scene. So now there are a bunch of like small conventions that are po- that have started popping up. Other than the few main big ones that we have, there's been a bunch of small newer ones that have popped up over the last couple mm-hmm. years, which is interesting to see yeah but it just seems more there's there's more of them now back in the day you had like your two or three like big ones especially if you couldn't really travel and then and then it started to get bigger more means yes and you know and which makes it and like they'll be in random places like if you're thinking massachusetts you're thinking they're just gonna be in boston but they're not like you can go to ones on out that aren't in Boston or in that are smaller. Western Mass yeah, places. even weird Western Mass. There's the one in Framingham. There was one uh, some other place a couple of times, like by Marlboro yeah, or it's, something. It's huge. So like if you're where, if you don't want to go to Boston yeah. or you can't get to Boston, like you can get to uh, another town there. Like even here in Vegas, they're not all on the Strip. No. So they are all around here. There's probably a couple. There's probably some in Reno, but we ain't fucking driving to Reno. So, Mm -hmm. and also like, if you live in a place where there isn't anything, there still isn't conventions. Yeah, that's that's just. And then the last thing I want to talk about that's changed. If you want to talk about anything else, bring it up. But um, it's just the community. Oh yeah, it's it's one with all the social media. It's easier to say, find people. Even like it's a, yeah. just like it's even on Facebook, take. like you can easily find or there's like groups and this and that for your location and and it you know. But it's wasn't, also less small, so you feel more like one person out of a hundred. Yes, exactly. Like and there's like a lot of people with a lot of people. It's just easier to find people. Even just like even in Vegas here, yeah. we uh, one of our bars is a nerd bar like we go there and it is There's specifically they cater specifically yeah, to cosplay to cosplay and to nerds and yeah. you know when you go there you're going to be surrounded by nerds and those kind of people like there's another gaming bar that we don't go to very often, but it's the same thing because it's that mm. kind of gaming bar. It's all old school video games, and even the few that they they've had there. There's been a few gaming bars in Massachusetts that we've gone to, like um, old school um, like um, what are those arcade game machines. And, you know, like, uh, it's not the quite the same as going to one of our nerd bars, but, you know, those people, you know, it's a little nerdy, like, you're going there to play the games, like, that's the fucking point to play old school Mario and Pac-Man yeah. and Tekken and whatever you, whatever you happen to find. You know, people um, are at least in the same... Yeah. They like things that are the same genre of things that you like. And what's nice about it being as far when you're older is you know you're not going to have to talk to a fucking 16-year-old. At least they're 21. Yeah. They can at least drink. <laughs> Even 21-year-olds are really say, young now, and I don't really want anything to do with really it. doesn't really do enough for me anymore. <laughs> but at least you know it's not like just some child. Yeah. So, 
but yeah, the in the, like I said, even just being on Facebook, it's easy, easy to find. Like I remember you needing to like scour the forums of mm-hmm. Anime Boston to talk to people or to find pictures or this and that. And now with social media, it's easy enough to people are giving out cards. Now and so, this yes, and that, you get cards and, and this and yeah. that. But also, so many more people are doing it. People are taking a longer time to do things mm-hmm. because they're you know probably doing a better job and doing more things. But it also means that I can't just go on like photo bucket and search like yeah a certain costume oh, and find bucket. that yeah which that was like Cosplay. a certain specific like era where I could just find pictures of myself yeah can't do that anymore no. cosplay.com yeah all that cosplay.com but in the, you know all those sad things that aren't a thing anymore but um pour a glass out to those yes um but it just makes it a. Uh, a more popular, but it's more popular and it's easy and which is good for those yeah. who are, you're always going to have the people that are kind of coming that are just floating with it because it's like the popular thing right now. Mm-hmm. And it like is the popular thing right now. But for those who were like us when I was 13 and it like a legit fucking nerd, it makes it so much easier for them to break into and something anything that makes somebody like, like something that you love a little yeah. bit more is always a good thing. It's like if if more people are like, I saw you as Jean Grey, so I watched the 90s X-Men thing, and she just makes a lot of weird, dumb screams. That's a better day mm-hmm. for me. And it is great. We mentioned it briefly in um, something else we were talking about. The streaming services just make it mm. so much more accessible. Like, back in, like you said, you we can were watch all this shit. it's harder to fall. Like, you would look up things online, but you wouldn't be able to watch it. You yeah. wouldn't know what it was. You'd find random VHSs. Where you there, would watch, there was so, there like, was for one. For anime, you would watch the dub, and then yeah. you would be like, actually, there's an entire different fucking yeah. plot that happens, there is because even, America is dumb. And this is one thing I'm sure you can relate to, and any person from the, the, the uh, early 2000s can relate to, nine, or 90s and early 2000s. Um, there's one anime that I had like the first DVD and the second VHS of. Mm-hmm. So I had like the first five episodes. I have that Blue VHS Seed. of fucking Noriko's yes. Death that sits yep. in my bathroom because so, I don't know where to put it. Um, Blue Seed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I loved it. The five episodes I saw of it. The first three episodes were DVD. The second five episodes, the second two episodes were VHS. So they were just in fucking dub because they were VHS. Mm-hmm. Finally, 2020, when we were sitting in fucking COVID and I couldn't leave our, well, we couldn't leave our yeah. apartment. I might have been on YouTube, but I watched the whole fucking series yeah. because now it's something that you can just go fucking yeah. do. Well, and like, I'm pretty sure between the two of us, we've got like four of the six we still don't have the full Ray Earth mod. Oh, yeah, no. There is nothing like knowing you're a 90s it's kid so than just having random fucking manga and DVDs and VHSs of, of it. And like, comics. The, yes. Like, yeah. That there's- Where you're like, I've got three of this one run, and then I don't know what happened. Yeah. And then I've got, like, three from something yep. months later when they brought it back to the, like, yeah. Walden books or I like, was yes, going to. exactly. There was the... Me and I can specifically remember Shit. two of my really good friends would we would pick our manga series because they were ten to twelve dollars or nine to twelve dollars yeah. a pop. So and you're fucking fifteen, so you only have whatever your parents are giving you for the chores you're mm-hmm. doing. 
So we would pick one series that we would collect so that way we could each, you know, trade them. Mm-hmm. And then it would be like we had three series to read because they were now, now I haven't bought a comic book in like 40 years. Well, not four, but I haven't bought yeah. a comic book in the past five years because I can read it online for fucking free. Like, and it's same with all the streaming stuff. I can actually remember when Netflix used to send you DVDs oh, yeah. back before Netflix streamed. I can also remember when Netflix started streaming and being like, this fucking sucks. They have nothing like, okay, on here. Uh, yeah, it sucked. I'll just go to Blockbuster. And yeah. Set. Oh my God, Blockbuster. But Netflix. And I remember my parents going up to like upgrading up so we could have two DVDs at one time. So they could have, so one, they and could have, have one, one and I could have one and then doing my anime one. So I would get my one anime DVD. I'd have to mail it back. They'd send me the next one. Yeah. Which I watched all of Please Teacher that way and all of Read and Die I think was another anime I watched. There's a few read, of them. Is it Read and Die or Read or Die? I don't remember. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember anything about the series, but I remember watching it through Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of things. And nowadays they even have fucking. Exactly. Not only is it on every. uh, Can you find anime on every streaming service? They have Crunchyroll. Yeah. They have Funimation. They have specific streaming services for all of your anime, which, like I said, is great. I wish we had that. You know, back in the day, like instead yeah. of hoping you can remember to watch it on fucking Toonami at uh, twelve p.m. at twelve a.m. Right, at night, like, time yeah. So that you before don't miss before things. fucking fucking v uh before fucking um recording your TV existed. So you had you to, could, but you would have to get a full camera and point it at your no, TV. Well, th- this is you. At, we had the the VHS. Yeah. So we could like, like but, you could do but with tapes. You would have to leave the TV on. Yeah. So you would put the VHS in exactly. and set it to an hour exactly record. Exactly like making mixtapes. Yeah. But you're making them out of fucking VHSs, which you're will holding be it up to useless the micro- in like the, five the stereo. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll just wait for this tape to this song to be over, and then you'll get two minutes of talking so that I can. And then you always miss the first, thir- you know, 10 seconds of yeah. a song because you don't know what's going to be the song beep, 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 you want. Beep, that yeah. part is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is the history cosplay. Yeah. Is there any other things you wanted to talk about with uh, it? I mean, that's pretty much I it. I have to figure that if nice thing little is talking much more accessible. If yeah. I'm looking for a like, specific lime green zipper in silver, yes. I can search that. Yeah. And it actually Even means something Even finding pictures nowadays is more accessible. That's the internet way, has just also gotten way better. easier. Yeah. And now we don't, because we have fucking computers yeah. in our hands, well, like, we don't have to print out pictures and hope our printer has ink and is printing out the exactly. right colors. You have to print things. Yeah out and before that i'm sure people had to like trace things i know people from the the like early star trek conventions or like star wars would go to the movie and like sketch during Mm -hmm. the movie they'd go and see it many times that's crazy that's crazy so they could get something appropriate which is crazy it's crazy talk yeah whereas now you can just pull that up and yeah instantly Mm -hmm. instantly pull it up so and even if you can't find the right one more than likely it's on a streaming service that you can pause and take a screenshot on your fucking screen so 
Which is great. It's great. This it's, is not. This, this isn't say, any kind yeah. of a in my day. Old kind man of yells at cloud. Yeah. No. It's like no. I'm really no, this glad is, because first off, we're still doing it, so say, it makes our lives still, so much easier. Still benefiting. Me. Yes. And I look back at past me, and I'm like, that, that sucks, sucks, buddy. That sucks for you, bro. It's gonna get easier. Um, but it yeah, it makes the it makes it easier for people who want yeah. to get into it to get into it because it is. I have met. Some of my best friends exactly. through cosplay say, and through the, the community people. and some great people, even if they're not my best friends, just some yeah. great people in general. So uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify and you can find us on Amazon Music. We're also on Podbean and the ESO Network. ESO, not ESO. <laughs> Whatever it is. The asshole network. <laughs> That's just us. That's that's facts. Yeah, and um, we'll see you some Tuesday or maybe Wednesday because I don't post it quick enough. You know, whatever. (laughs) Blah blah blah. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.